miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about this podcast. You know it's all free. You can download any of these free apps to any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. Did I mention they're all free? Why, it's freer than a January 6th Capitol riot videos. That's right. Tucker Carlson from Fox News released videos that the Democrats fought hard to keep from us Americans on these so-called riots at the Capitol. I mean, it was so bad, it actually shows the police were escorting these rioters through the building like they were tourists, laughing and taking pictures and opening doors for them. What a riot. The media lied, people. Keep an eye on it. Things are getting interesting. Hey, but you can get the apps. No lie, they are free. You don't have to riot to get them, or so-called riot. Well, how is everybody doing today? So good to be with you on this podcast as we are starting a new series today. And we just finished up with that good long series on not guilty. We were talking about righteousness. would highly recommend if you have not done so, go back and listen to that series of podcasts. It'll change your life. I know it did mine. Let's get into this one today. Let's call it... Let's call this one Doorways to Deception. Do you think it would be important to recognize in this season Doorways to Deception? I got to tell you, really, the reason I'm jumping into this one is because of some major things that have been taking place with this ministry. Seeing some people that are dealing with this major deception in their lives. Let's look at it. You know, the thing I hate about deception is, gosh, you just don't know when you're in it. Isn't that something? Let's look at it. 2 Corinthians 2 and verse 11, in order that no advantage be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. The body of Christ has to know their enemy. I think we've mastered this idea in the church that, well, if I just simply ignore him, he's just going to go away. And so we have churches that will never mention the devil, never mention demons, evil schemes, what the devil, what's the devil, what is God. And so when that happens... Well, we are ignorant of the devil. He's going to take advantage of us. That's why people now can blame God for all types of things that God didn't have anything to do with. Or people simply aren't recognizing how the devil is able to work in their lives. And of course, we know that drives to thinking patterns and of course, corresponding behavior. Satan's a deceiver. And most Christians never realize that deception is really the root of their experiencing some form of the curse of the fall. I'm going to tell you, I don't want to be a guy who spends a lifetime blaming Satan, or worse, blaming God for every single circumstance I experience, unaware that it's deception that's at the root of my issues. And uh, the main problem is, when we are deceived, that leads, again, as I said, to wrong actions that follow, made out of deception. Those are going to lead to the effects of the curse coming into your life through these so-called doorways, as we are calling them. So I want to take some time on this and really walk this out slowly for a while. You can expect a good number of podcasts in this series, Doorways to Deception. It was William Shakespeare who said, The spirit I have seen may be the devil, and the devil hath the power to assume a pleasing shape. It's a lot like lies, isn't it? 
Lies take on a pleasing shape, don't they? Let's talk about it. Remember that story of that wooden horse? Inch by inch, this enormous wooden horse creaked and groaned its way ever closer to the massive gates of that impressive fortress, Troy. And according to Greek uh, legend here, this Trojan horse represented the last desperate attempt by the Greek city of Sparta to defeat Troy and thereby returned their beautiful captive Helen to her husband, Spartan king Menelaus, I guess is how you say his name, I don't know. But they offered this horse as a peace offering, but we know uh, in the belly of this beast, it's holding a force of elite Spartan warriors. We know the rest of the story. Troy opened up its gates to receive this so-called gift, and when night fell, the soldiers of Troy were so relieved and they were so excited that this long Greek siege was over, they let down their guard, they threw a massive drunken party. Of course, it was then that the Spartan soldiers fell upon their city. A simple deception accomplished what years of applied brute force could not, and Troy fell. Why? Because they believed a lie. We know Adam and Eve did the same. Mankind fell. We know even today countless believers fall for the same reason. We know that we are prone to experiencing destruction in our lives because we have been deceived in some area of our lives. And this is really the main way that the devil can get to us. So let me say this. If Satan cannot deceive you, he cannot defeat you. It's simple. And yet, I believe most believers don't know that. We really need to recognize just how limited the devil is in his ability to touch a believer and how important this weapon of deception is in his arsenal. So to do this, we want to go back and understand how Jesus secured a victory over Satan. This this is how we're going to see how badly we need to guard over any deception coming into our lives. We know the death and the resurrection of Jesus represents a very decisive moment in history. I heard one say the cross is the hinge upon which the whole door of human history swings. That day when Jesus rose from the dead and he walked out of that tomb alive forevermore was the same day that something fundamentally changed about Satan's idea of having any authority on the earth. Even though he has yet to be completely bound, he certainly has been stripped of all legitimate authority and power. You kind of look at the uh, behind-the-scenes victory of Jesus over the devil. Colossians 2 and verse 15. And having spoiled principality and powers, he, Jesus, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. I don't think enough believers are grasping what this picture painted by Paul is showing us here. We know Paul's a Roman citizen. And because of that, he's very familiar with Roman custom of celebrating a victory of war. When any Roman general, like uh, Julius Caesar, returned home from battle, he would return to Rome with a big parade. And all of his troops would march through the streets of the city, leading their prisoners, those conquered soldiers of the enemy armies in chains. And not just the soldiers, but at the center of it all, would be that defeated king. He's shackled, he's beaten, he's stripped naked, he's embarrassed, his head is shaved. I mean, just totally humiliated, completely stripped of any power whatsoever. I mean, really just a horrible spot to be in. And I love that Paul is using this same picture for us in Jesus's victory over Satan and his army of demons. I mean, you can really see it in these other translations Uh, of this set of scriptures. One says, when he disarmed the rulers and the authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. 
Another says, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. A public spectacle. Can you see that picture? I love it that this victory parade and Jesus riding his white horse. I mean, this is how I would see it, right? He's riding his white horse and with Satan dragging behind him, he's chained up, he's stripped, he's got his head down and barely just stumbling along and all of his demons right behind him with the angelic hosts of heaven walking on the outside of him. I mean, I love it. And the picture that we need to always have at the front of our hearts when it comes to the devil is just that. He is a defeated foe. Make no mistake about that. But he's also a deceiver, and he's always looking to convince you that he is not, that he's not a deceiver, and that he is not defeated. So he comes in through deception. Deception is to defraud you, and the only way that you can be deceived is if two agree. If you agree with him as to what he's trying to sell you as the truth, that no, I'm alive, and I'm, I'm well, and I'm able to affect your life, don't buy it, folks. Satan is not all that he used to be. For about 5,000 years, Satan enjoyed having legal rights upon the earth to be able to exercise his dominion. We know that God had delegated dominion to that first Adam, who then went and in turn he surrendered that to the devil through rebellion in the garden. Now the last Adam, God in flesh, Jesus, has legally stripped Satan of all that authority and re-delegated it where it was supposed to be, right back to mankind. And that makes Satan no more than an outlaw now. And in Luke, we see Jesus predicting the ultimate defeat and spoiling of Satan when he explains to the Pharisees his ability to cast out devils. Luke 11, 20 through 22, but if I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man fully armed guards his own palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger than he comes upon him and overcomes him, he takes from him all of his armor in which he trusted and he divides his spoils. Those spoils that Jesus plundered were the countless souls of mankind that were held captive by sin and by death and by the fall of Adam, that first Adam. Paul recognized this as well, and he mentions it in Ephesians 4, verses 8 through 10. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts unto men. Now, this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. So by exercising his authority over demons during his earthly ministry, and let me remind you, he did this as a man in the flesh with the spirit of God inside of him like us. And by absolutely defeating Satan through his resurrection, Jesus forever altered the devil's rights and abilities, particularly where we as the children of God are concerned. 1 Peter 3, 21-22, corresponding to that, baptism now saves you, not the removal of dirt from the flesh, but an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is at the right hand of God, having gone into heaven after angels and authorities and powers had been subjected to him. Since that day that Jesus stripped him of all that legal authority, the only weapon that he has against a child of God is the same one he had all the way back at the Garden of Eden. He's not, a, he's not a creative being in any way. He has the same old garbage that he uses all the time, deception. That's it. Jesus restored dominion to redeemed man, meaning, and listen, this might mess with you a little bit. Satan cannot make you sick. He can't rob your finances, can't take your family, can't destroy your marriage or ruin your life. Here's the punchline. He can't do any of that 
at least not without deceiving you first and you coming into agreement with his deception. Here's the simple truth. If you're not getting victory over the curse in some area of your life, the root of the problem is you have deception in that area of your life. And you have come into agreement with him in some way, believing the lie in that area of your life. For example, drug, drug addicts possibly saying, I can't stop. Well, that's agreeing with a lie. Well, I, sick people, I just can't be healed. I've done all I know to do. That's a lie. Listen, and, and don't let this get you upset. This is exactly what we have got to identify right now at the root or you're going to continue to live in some form of deception. We all have harbored some assumptions and hidden beliefs that simply just don't line up with the truths of the word of God. I always call it that old-time religion, right? And just that little bit of old-time religion that we hold on to, some things that aren't really in the Bible, but we were led to believe or assumed as we were possibly growing up. And this is exactly what deception is, believing something that is contrary to God's word. And it comes not so much that we don't believe that God can, we're believing the lies that I can't. No, I know God can do this and that and the other, but when it comes to me, it's deception. We know the very process of being a child of God and growing in God is a matter of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? That's what Romans 12, verse 2 is all about. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what am I saying? Well, in the end, it's pretty simple. The Bible has to be your brains. The Bible has to be your brains. See, the very nature of deception is something that we are unaware of to begin with. I mean, you think about it. Once you discover that you've been deceived, I'm not deceived anymore, right? I mean, it's the, other, it's the other cluelessness that Satan is relying upon. That's why we've got to be aware of his schemes, how he's fooling us, tricking us, lying to us, and how we can stop it, recognize it, and overcome it with the truth. Now, we know this because we live in this sin-cursed world. We are going to experience contrary circumstances, symptoms, lack, sickness, disease, on and on from time to time. But if you are not experiencing increasing freedom from the curse in whatever form it is taken in your life, then there must be some form of deception somewhere in your life. We know this because of what John 8 says, that if we abide in Jesus, we will know the truth, and that truth that we know will set us free. So today, just kind of a kickoff to the uh, series of podcasts, Doorways to Deception. Let me try to wrap this one up a little bit here by uncovering deception in our lives by looking at the truth. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. The underword, uh, the under, you know, the understood subject of that sentence is you, you choose. I've set this before you, but you have a choice to make. And I'm going to give you the answer, choose life. You can clearly see God telling us the choices between life and death, blessing and cursing. That belongs to you. God does not make those choices for you. Now, if the God who loves you will not override your right to choose or oppose blessing for your own good, he certainly will not allow Satan to override that right and impose his will upon you either. The devil just can't do things to you at a whim. That's what I'm saying. Satan cannot afflict you with the destructive effects of the curse unless you allow it by choosing with your own free will something that opens you up for those effects. Satan is not called the father of destruction. He's called the father of lies. If Satan had any power to destroy you, believe me when I say he would have done that job already. 
but he can't. And the fact that you made it here to listen to the new old school podcast today tells me he doesn't have the power. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of your tongue, your tongue. Are you speaking the lies that you've come into agreement with? Or are you going to speak the truth? It makes a huge difference. Hebrews 2 and verse 14, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in that same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Ephesians 6 and verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Pay attention to what that just said, that you may be able to stand against what? Because again, we're talking about deceptions that is at the root versus fruit, the unseen versus the seen. We can stand against what? What did it say? Sickness? Poverty? Well, listen, those are fruit of a root issue. We are to stand against the wiles of the devil, that trickery and deception. That armor doesn't protect you from negative circumstances. It's designed to enable you to stand against the root causes of all of Satan's attacks, which is deception. Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the keys to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of that dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and he bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. It didn't say so that he would not make people sick, bound so that he won't make people poor anymore. Know that he should not deceive the nations anymore. It doesn't say he won't cause famine and sickness anymore. It doesn't say, well, he won't cause hatred and wars anymore. No, the root causes to these issues is what we're talking about. And all those things and more start at deception. He won't be able to convince somebody that something is valid and true that is actually invalid and a lie or untrue. Nobody is purposely choosing destruction and the curse in their life. They have to be fooled into it. Satan can't bring that evil into somebody's life unless you, in effect, choose to allow it. It's not saying that the stuff isn't out there. It's all there, but will it affect you? Well, that's up to you. That's not up to God. That's up to you. We don't deny the presence of issues. What finding out truth does is it denies these issues the right to affect you. Satan has to deceive you into buying into the lies and coming into agreement with him that the lie is the truth, but it's a choice. And you will experience life on the basis of your choices. That's why he said, choose life. You choose. So to, again, drive this home and really simplify this, deception occurs when you choose to believe something that is untrue. And by untrue, I mean, which is anything contrary to God's word in the Bible. His word is the truth. And it's that word, that truth that shall make you free. But if you don't know the truth, then how could you ever have a standard to hold the lie up against to see, is this a lie or the truth? And that's definitely what the devil is counting on, is ignorance. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Deception is easy to see when you know the truth. So how could this happen even to believers who have been in this for years? Well, because we can choose to open doorways to deceptions that allow the devil access to our thoughts. Now, what the Bible warned us, take every thought captive and subject it to what? 
to the word, to the truth. Most don't do that. Something comes in, we just allow it in to run rent-free in our heads, and then it isn't long. Houston, we got ourselves a problem. When we believe on the lie, we're going to soon act on the lie, and inadvertently, you will choose destruction and the curse. And from there, well, the devil has just been granted access to start the damage and the destruction in your life. Make no mistake about it. Satan is a liar. He knows no truth. It doesn't live in him. And he's a really, really good one. But the Bible says we don't have to be ignorant of his devices. We have this book right here that's going to show you and I the doorways to deception so we can keep those closed, we can keep them locked up, we can keep them secure. No need to be worried now. We're going we're gonna to identify these doorways moving forward in this series of podcasts. We're going to get to the bottom of this at the root. And once we do, it's going to change the fruit in your life. No longer will we be ignorant of the devil's schemes. We're turning on the light. We're going to expose that darkness. Thank you for joining me today. That's all the time I have. I am your host, Don Allen. This is the New Old School Podcast. I hope you have a great week this week and get into that Bible, friends. Then and only then can we attempt the ridiculous and achieve the miraculous. Oh, <laughs>